0: Hey everyone, Robert Silver here And as your host, I'll be asking the question In each
1: episode Am I crazy? By tackling the most sensitive social, cultural, and political topics of the day And today I have my friend Walter Davis On the microphone So uh, I really appreciate you Uh being a guest on my show and um my goal is Thank to invite, yeah yeah i want to invite more of my friends to just kind of dig deep and hopefully debate have a friendly debate about topics that pop up and you brought up something interesting um when we were last hanging out and i felt hey why not bring it to my audience see what they think. But most importantly, I just want to hear more about what you think, because maybe I can learn something or you could learn something from me and uh, hopefully make this world a little bit better. So there we go. Um, So, but this week has been, well, this past week has been a bit crazy. A lot is going on. And the most important thing is that the COVID relief package um, that Joe Biden was like, and the Democrats really want to push through and it has a lot of juicy stuff in there, but yeah, I'm Asia sure the largest one that we've
2: gotten so
1: far It's the largest one for sure. Let's, <laughs> let's actually, I actually have the link. Let's take a little looks at it here. So according to CNBC, um, it's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, and it includes a lot of great stuff in there, I think personally, but I'm a little biased. Um, I actually did vote for him. You know, call it as you may listeners, but I did. Um, But the plan does have a lot of good stuff that anybody, regardless of what party or affiliation, it's going to benefit you. It really is. Um, So his his, obviously the direct payments of up to $1,400 is, well, who doesn't want that? And last time I checked, I don't care what party you on, but uh Money's you can use for yeah, you can get fourteen hundred bucks, baby. Which yeah, I think right now.
2: Yeah, if it's like especially right now, even though we've had a year's worth of COVID, you know, there are still plenty of people that don't have the steady income. There are plenty of people been laid off. But um, you know, like me personally, like it's a huge help for bills. You know, yeah, I have a steady income, but you know, bills are still keep coming knocking regardless of every situation so
1: that's right and like i think some people can't understand that like just because there has been a decrease in people's wages or even jobs people lost jobs or amount of hours like for me i lost a third of my income because they they want to try to keep me on board but they gave me less hours which means less pay um the bills don't go decrease by 30 percent you know what i mean and your responsibilities for sure don't. And um, and if you didn't pay them, then they're going to call you lazy all of a sudden, even though COVID is kind of out of your hands, right? Yeah. So, the, it, it is a, a funny twist, you know? So, yeah, we get the $1,400, which to me, I think, is just a very small fraction tip for being American, basically. Uh, You know, like when you pass a poor man, you toss him a quarter. It's like, there you go, you silly <laughs> Um yeah, yeah. And then... I do like the fact that they extended the $300 per week unemployment because this past Friday, my, that job that I was just talking about, just laid me off. And um, yeah, I'm a photographer full time and that does bring That is a source of income, but I had a steady part-time nice check coming in every two weeks from doing something I really love doing. And I understand their decision, but that's still a, that's a still portion of, dedicated, reliable income that mm-hmm. I no longer have. So having that $300 keep me afloat as I get my bearings is really a huge fucking help. And I'm sure it's a huge help to many people out there, you know? Oh, definitely.
2: Definitely. Huge, huge. Uh, it can't make waves. I think the the one thing that I've noticed, especially for, you know, with uh, what I do for work is that I do see a lot of people that are like, Oh yeah, I got my stimulus check. I'm going to come and do this. And it's like, though I understand you want to kind of treat yourself because everyone's entitled to, you know, doing something to make themselves feel better or, you know, look on the happier side of things. Yeah. You know, I can't help but think, like, could that be going to a better use sometimes? You know, in, in I, some I, regard, you know, but like... You know, what,
1: you know what's funny about that? You know, because I, I hear that argument. It's like, oh, people are going to squander it or they're just going to joke around and party or whatever. But they don't realize regardless of what they do, as long as it doesn't stay in their wallet it goes back into the economy. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the whole point. It's called a co- economy stimulus package. I mean, so yeah. so maybe, the, you know, really they should be thrilled that they're going to go waste this money because wasting the money <laughs> okay. means it goes into a local business. It goes into a local restaurant. It goes through, right? Yeah. So if, if the money is moving through the economy, then we're good. Uh, if it sits in my checking account being responsible uh, that doesn't do anything for the economy. That is true. That's so true. that's that's one way of looking at it, right? I mean...
2: It's so, an interesting uh, double-edged sword at that.
1: Yeah. Right? I, if I go by a plane to, trip uh, to go to visit family in New York that helps the air airline industry that is desperately needing any passenger even if it's a stuffed animal to go fly their (laughs) plane right now yeah (laughs) so i'm that's just the way i see it um because one thing that americans do and correct me if i'm wrong man is like if they have money they spend it yeah
2: that is that is
1: definitely a uh you can't spend. You can't spend money if you don't got none. You know that that is true. You don't talk about it unless you got it. Um, That's
2: right. It's, it's something
1: that my mom told me.
2: Um, I, was, I was always like, yeah, "You don't talk about it unless you got it." And then exactly. sometimes she say things, and then in hindsight, I'm like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and <laughs> I mean, and if if we are paying these um, um, institutions for wasting our money, quote unquote, you know, whatever they it, they consider as wasting it. Um, it goes back to the government ultimately because it informs the taxes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, serv- through services rendered. So I, I think um, if money is flowing, not not just from the treasury into our pockets, but from our pockets to small businesses, it's totally a communal flow in exchange of money. I think that creates a healthy economy. I think that's kind of the motivation behind it to me, and. Indeed.
2: Yeah, no, definitely can. It, I can also see it um, depending on where and how it's allocated can create you know artificial inflation in certain places.
1: Totally, I um, thought about that too.
2: You know, like just for arguments' like when you look at the whole you know, toilet paper issue, right, and then and hand sanitizer, like the the demand for that, and then people spending money on those things that are seemingly essential, you know, creates the, an inflation of demand without the supply, and then you got scalpers that are selling for five, six times the cost, you know, online. And that's necessarily a good thing, but at the same time, like, you know, seeing a random artificial inflation can also be detrimental to the basic necessities for everyone, especially those who need it more than anyone else really, if that makes sense.
1: No, you're absolutely right. We saw that uh, supply and demand and effect and, um, I think and I thought about that, too, when they made that argument, especially conservatives made the argument about inflation. I started thinking, you know, you're right. If there's more money in the economy, that devalues the worth of the dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. But right now, unfortunately, we have this thing called the pan And we really don't have the right to be bourgeois about our approach right about now. You know what I mean? We don't have the luxury to be like, you know to not do something. Mm -hmm. We don't have the luxury to put our hands underneath our ass and sit on it right now. This is not the time. Our time. I mean, uh, uh, really it's the time to act. That's the only thing that's going to move the needle to getting Mm -hmm. past this. And, um, and then we can have the argument later right now, we just got to stop from exploding or imploding, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so no, I get it. I totally get it. And, um, during COVID, I start getting into like stock trading, like small stuff, you know, like the stuff that makes mm-hmm. stockholders mad at Reddit stock traders oh, and shit.
2: Don't, you know what's <laughs> funny about that whole, you know, the the stonks meme thing is literally yeah. right before that happened, I think it was literally two or three weeks before that, that GameStop and AMC thing really just exploded and destroyed and Destroyed things and created so much. I was thinking to myself, you know, let's investigate day trading, like completely unrelated to that situation. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, this might seem like an interesting idea. Like, let's do some research on it. And I was just getting into the flow of it. And then I watched the market just turn extremely volatile. And I was like, you know what? Hard pass for right now, bro. I'm just going to wait until I see how this changes the economy. Like, you know literally, um it made millionaires overnight and it put so many people in debt and the fact that big corporations and hedge funds were able to create such a monopoly in that and it so much that when the common person does it, it and they freak out it's like
1: that's literally how is, what happened was that equal yeah well, that's you're absolutely right. That's where yeah. he, 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 there that is not equal at all. And that's yeah. literally what happened soon as regular common folks played the same game in the same mm-hmm. way that they do and how they've made billions over the years. All of a sudden, it's not fair, you know, yeah. but literally day traders just played the game that they played. And they didn't like how they betted on some of their favorite companies to fail. Cause that's what mm-hmm. they did. They betted yeah. on GameStop to fail. So and I they said, fuck that. We're going to make sure they win. <laughs> I thought it was a, such a revolution. It was such a boss revolutionary kind of a move. It was like a protest through the stock market. It was so awesome. Yeah.
2: I think it, honestly it made, it, I think arguably it made a bigger way than the Occupy Wall Street. In, in its own regard,
1: I, I, I mean, think the it, Occupy
2: Wall Street was one thing, uh-huh. but like this just, it reached so many people, especially now since with the whole pandemic, a lot more people are at home. A lot more people were doing stock trading and in that, you know, because that was a way you could make some type of income while sitting at home, seemingly doing nothing. You get up for a couple hours, you read the market, you stay on top of it, and you make a couple hundred dollars a day, you know, or if you're lucky or really good at it, you do better. And so many people have now their lenses through internet. And Yeah, well, and COVID did so much. COVID more. helped
1: with that, you know. Yeah. Because now you're home more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got into day trading too because, well, I'm home. But mm-hmm. also, there's so many new platforms that make it accessible to regular folks. Mm-hmm. Now, I even got an email from Chase, my you know, a, a huge bank, mm-hmm. that encourages you to become a day trader now they're like hey we really? got an app too forget robin come to our app and you oh. could trade all day with zero uh, commissions and so it's like folks are getting into mm-hmm. day traders you know but what it showed to me is that um it showed the real power of a free market mm-hmm. if conservatives love a free market Then that was a pure example of a free market exercising its willpower because they said, no, fuck you. We're not going to let this company fail. And then when that happened, when free power of the free market exercised its will, then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden those stock hedge funds and everybody said, hell no. And then they stopped everybody from being able to trade AMC. Uh, not a, well, AMC was part of it, but for sure, like yeah, it was GameStop, AMC, you
2: know? Uh, you know, GameStop and everything. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, so it's like they put a halt on buying. You can still exactly. sell what you have, but you couldn't continue to invest into it. While they let the hedge funds bail themselves out and put themselves in a situation. And I mean, it, in some regard, you can kind of understand why, right? I mean, we'll take Robin Hood, for instance, and they came under a lot uh-huh. of fire, but it's it's helping protect that infrastructure, regardless of whether you like it or not. It it seems more uh, malicious than, than it is, but at the same time, like kind of got to look at it from all angles, which is...
1: I saw a little bit from their angle, but mm. honestly, if I put down a million dollars... on a a number on a craps table in Vegas and I lose, I don't Mm -hmm. get any rights to the house to debate that I fucking lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because (laughs) you've been winning for two years, you know, just because you lost this one game that ended up taking your house away or something, that's that's part of the game, brother. You know? You've only been benefiting from it for years and now you feel like you have the right to still benefit even when you lost. That's literally the definition of a free market economy is let the economy speak. I vote with my dollar. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, your vote lost. And I I think it was, I think, no, I understand your perspective though. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, but it was really a bully move. And from my perspective that they're like, all right, the regular common folk who put in there $250 instead of 250 dollars thousand dollars uh were the ones who who actually won the little guy won yeah yeah
2: and and yeah i mean it's 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 definitely a a fine line to walk because i mean you definitely have to maintain some sort of infrastructure but i think that uh but in a way, it, to at least to me, in my perception, it was the lack of that transparency of like, hey, listen, we're going to try to keep this from collapsing on itself so we can continue to do this type of thing. And we kind of need to create a certain edu- amount of checks and balances.
1: Yeah. Perhaps their messaging on why they had to uh, mm-hmm. was definitely a skewed or not at least. Like the common person doesn't talk like Wall Street brokers when they talk about short short sale limit orders and shit like that. Like you don't know oh, what the yeah. fuck that is, right? Yeah. So like, I think perhaps um, my brother tried to explain to me the way you did too. He's like, "Hey, the way Robinhood gets down, they they let they front you up a lot of money ahead that really isn't there mm-hmm. yet, and they had to cover that." And he's like, "Yeah, that's the okay. buying on margin, yeah, uh, concept, yeah, exactly." And it's like. If you traded through E-Trader, you would have already paid before you played. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I was like, OK, OK. But the way it got out and their messaging was just basically we didn't like them winning because we lost. You know what I mean? So the messaging was a bit off. And yeah, perception versus reality is huge. Absolutely. And that's where to many people, including myself, where I'm like, wow, okay, we thought we ac- we actually played on an equal, we thought we were playing on an equal playing field and you lost and now you're crying because you lost and we won, you know? And that's what I think the perception of it. But quite honestly, right after that, I actually got into day trading, got my Robin Hood rocking and rolling. I opened up an other investment um, stuff through Betterment, mm-hmm. if you ever heard of Betterment. And quite honestly, my, my, my money's up in Robin Hood, and mm-hmm. but I do a lot of research. I do a lot of nerdy mm-hmm. research and read on companies and try to forecast it's all a gamble, you know, and yeah, recognizing um, I, patterns too, you know. Exactly. But mm-hmm. I think people should get in to at least understand the power of uh, money and how it really is generated and stimulated in this economy, and and what and how it, money is influenced through social and political happenings in our world and i i think it's it, it, you should put your money to work i mean if no, absolutely else, you yeah, know this is definitely
2: this is the type of type of thing that should be taught in schools in, totally in my you know aside from the like oh i can go to school to learn this i mean sure yeah there there is that but like in you know in in core core classes uh high school and things like that like I was never taught how to balance a checkbook. I was never taught how to, you know, interview properly or, you know, understand these markets. You know,
1: yeah, uh, those and how are they the affect you.
2: Huge things, you know, for a lot of people. Even if they, you never really follow through with it, at least have like a, you know, a, a chunk or like a semester's worth of, you know, hey, let's try to understand this so you. Understand how our society functions and how you, we can um, find. I mean, the there's evidence. a
1: mm-hmm. there is a reason why during COVID the stock market went up. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's how. And my 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 inspiration to getting into the game was that this is what rich people. This is how they stay, not only become rich, how they stay rich is because they're thinking of opportunities Mm -hmm. and they see where the economy is growing when they say the economy was growing, certainly neither you or I last time I checked, got a raise. It was, it was the stock market was going through the roof. And if you had money in the stock market, you were doing okay, or at least doing better, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, well, I want to be a part of that game and I'm not, I don't put all my money in it, but I put something in it. So at least my money's not just dedicated to just one dream or hope Mm -hmm. like Mm oh i hope i strike it rich through my lotto ticket or i get that (laughs) dream job you know what i mean and um but i i it it motivated me because it showed like how much power you could have as just an individual day trader and Mm -hmm. that um back in the day you i remember i had to at least have like five my first time ever i tried investing at charles schwab they they start they said i had to have at least five thousand dollars to start Right, so I think trading, that was like
2: the minimum was like five hundred for like uh like maybe it was five hundred, but I I, like I, I knew yeah.
1: it, it seemed like five thousand to me at the time. Okay, oh, yeah, but <laughs> but um, so therefore, stock trading and all that fancy ass um, how can I say uh, Yeah, like stock trading, it just felt mm-hmm. rich to say it, you know. And I always felt it was always right out of my grasp, right out of my reach. Now, it's just me turning on my phone and dropping another $50 and now I'm in the game. Yeah. So I think that I think that's the that's the benefit and I I I'll be you know what? I'm going to put my money on it. I bet more people got into trading and getting more involved in stocks after that whole Reddit debacle situation. What do you think?
2: Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, definitely would have jumped on the bandwagon. You know, I was one of those that were like, mm, "No, I'm not jumping on this wagon" because I could see myself holding the bag. I could see myself being uneducated and just jumping in, you know, not understanding it as well as I should. You know, I, I had a plan of how I wanted to go about doing this and, you know, practice a paper trading and things like that with a live market, just to, just to see, can I do just successful? Play around. Okay. Yeah. Just to mess around. And if I lose big, well, I lose monopoly money. It's nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I can't fault you for that. And I can't fault anybody for not wanting to jump in. Um, uh, oh, I still get nervous too. I put some money in crypto and in the past 3 days it's 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 not looking pretty. So, um unless you own own Bitcoin like, you know, when it was only $200 and now it's 60 grand. Holy
2: Christ. I think we got like about 250 in Bitcoin right now. Oh. Yeah, two hundred fifty dollars. Not not nothing. Yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, Nothing life changing. Like I don't know. That's grocery shopping. But yeah, we we have some invested in, in the Bitcoin at the moment.
1: Yeah, I've I, I been in other cryptos, and I'm praying to God any of them pop. <laughs> you yeah. know. But anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, so let's get back to the topic at hand. We have the fourteen hundred dollar mm-hmm. payments. Mm-hmm. Um, again, th- I guess we're all um, and then we have the three hundred dollars per week for unemployment. Mm-hmm and this one was interesting which is uh that the relief expands the child tax credit and puts funds into vaccine distribution well first of all um i think that's great because for those who are missing jobs um, mm-hmm. out of work etc you can't quite go get a job if you got your your, your son or your your child your daughter mm-hmm. whatever to deal with and put in daycare i mean that kind of goes hand in hand last time i checked and um and until it's illegal, people are still allowed to have kids. So um, <laughs> that's still going to be an issue we all have to deal with. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Especially yeah. if we want half the, half the people that lost their jobs to get to get up and go get a job again. Yeah. I mean, what do you yeah. think?
2: I mean, I, my one of my good friends has you know two kids, and you know the oldest is like six. You know, so he so six year old. Has to do online schooling. Mm. I, I do not envy my my boy at all, and he's got to pick a, a two year old as well at home. Wow, yeah, yeah, my daughter's
1: in college, and I and I am just, I don't even want to. I'm so but ironically, actually with yeah, the yeah. school I got my degree online, but it wasn't because uh-huh. of a it wasn't because of a pandemic, you know what I mean yeah, just and, and that pressure. yeah, I purposely yeah. chose online courses mm. while her college courses are now online, you know what I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, that was the, I don't envy them but I, I'm glad that was something cool in the bill as well because again, that's something that whether you're a conservative or a progressive, it couldn't hurt to have some help with childcare. I mean, I don't give a damn. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of universal. Um, Mm -hmm. When you first heard about this bill, what did you, what was your first, um, when it was passed, what did you think about it?
2: Oh man. yeah. I've always been very cautious when it comes to this because nothing's ever free. Uh, you know, here, here we are in the middle of this, right? We, yeah. We've gotten two $1,200 checks already. At least I've got two $1,200 checks since the beginning of COVID. And, uh, and then now this one, And though and though everyone says one thing or another, or they're like, oh yeah, it's not going to affect this or that. You know, one, where's it coming from in that sense? And then two, like, what's it going to cost us? you know, it may not cost a, us as individuals per se, you know, it may not come out of my taxes or out of my wallet or what have you, but what's this going to cost us in the end, you know, as a society where, what's, what's the debt that now needs to be paid, you know, and is this yeah, something that can yeah, then fruit, be used as leverage, you know, go, no, well, no, hey, you're right. You know, I mean, we I, did this, like, we're going to pass this bill now, or, or something that's like, whoa, how do we fight that and kind of use like a guilt trip. You know, is that it's, you know, looking at an extreme, of course, but. Um,
1: uh, well, I, I, I see what you're saying. You know, it's like, you know, freedom isn't free. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to fight for freedom. And um, I get I get that. Um, I think that it kind of go I, for me, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's like, well, we're kind of dealing with a situation with none of us have ever dealt with and thought we would deal with, you Mm -hmm. know, matter matter of fact, still people deny it's even an issue. Um, So, Mm -hmm. so the issue is too big to ignore Mm -hmm. and we have to do something. So I think whatever the repercussions are, it's like damned if you do damned, if you don't, right. If Mm -hmm. we didn't put some, if we didn't try to help people out and do what we did through this uh, relief, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we'd be worse off because a lot of these businesses that are closing around us are some that we're hanging on now have a stimulus package where money's coming into them for those mm-hmm. specifically tailored for those businesses that actually kept on mm-hmm. their staff. I think that's major right there, you know, yeah, and I think that's amazing. Now, um, here we go. Oh, see, like he has a twenty five billion into rental and utility assistance, mm-hmm. uh, three hundred and fifty billion into state, local and tribal relief situations, which is great because every state has their own different issues. Mm-hmm. And. um, <sighs> I think that's pretty major. And of course, they're putting money into the schools because obviously the schools have no fucking clue, as well as no experience in dealing with a pandemic and educating kids so for sure we knew they already needed money before a pandemic let's be honest oh, School no I, I, I know <laughs>
2: wholeheartedly my, my neighbor's a teacher and okay. um, she definitely does not get paid enough yeah
1: you know? my dad's and I, and a retired say teacher, that, teacher and I don't say
2: that just because she's you know close family friend but like the, the, the amount of uh What is it stress that is put on going to school and doing well in school and achieving well, we clearly here in the States, uh, from what I see, don't really value it as much as we say we do because they should, teachers should be paid like athletes. Athletes
1: Oh, no, that's not. Absolutely. You know,
2: like if if you're gonna if you're gonna say oh well you need to be educated to get this job well why is why is our education chip? why why do we why are we so low on the on the rankings as you know the us in
1: education in education yeah, when, math, we,
2: when we're like yeah. you have to have one to do this thing well yeah and it's not surprising that a lot of people kind of step away from it and go vocational you know i mean i did that i was at ent for
1: three years so, yeah, no, I could do a whole nother show on just um, education, education as well as vocational training. I think, mm-hmm. matter of fact, um, our middle class was built on vocational trained mm-hmm. professionals, right? Plumbers, unions, um, carpenters, etc. We go right down the line, and they did not worry about trading stock on a daily basis. You know what I mean? They weren't hedge fund buyers, you know, mm-hmm. there were guys, you know, fixing your automobile, etc. cetera. Um, so absolutely. That could be a whole nother topic. And I think that would be a great to- topic to talk about because a lot of times the training is a lot more cost effective and they end up getting paid pound for pound more regularly than a college ed- educated person with a master's or some shit. So yeah. Um, I mean, in a
2: way, you look at it like you, you know, Nico. He's he got a, a B.A. I believe in astrophysics.
1: Oh, damn!
2: Okay. And he works retail with me because the only way he can get a job is to oh. have a master's now. Wow. Like not Stuck.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, ba- a bachelor's now. Everybody's like, so what? Now you need a Ph.D. to look like an amazing person. Yeah, entry level job. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That uh, yeah, that is definitely. Yeah. Definitely not equal anymore, I'll tell you. Yeah, your degree does it's like an inflation, but with education. And <laughs> inflation, you know what I mean? Your degree yeah. isn't worth as much as it used to be. So yeah. and that's fuck and your compete the competition is even more thick. Yeah. So yeah. now the uh other thing I want to just mention was the George Floyd trial mm-hmm. with uh the guy who Put his neck on uh, his boot on his neck his knee mm-hmm. uh, Derek Chauvin um, and they're now saying that the jury's awareness of recent news will taint imperi- uh, impartiality meaning the uh, the news that the um, who was it the Minneapolis um, um, what is it the state hold on now hold on now hold on now I don't want to I know someone's gonna kill me on podcast here. But ultimately, they paid out. Um, they paid out George Floyd's family a whole lot of money here, and they feel that if any of the jurors now know this, it may be biased to the decision. Thus, they want to change. They want to change the jury and all that other stuff. And ultimately, he's bl- basically blaming the police department for his misconduct. Um, because the training and the training when he put the knee on his neck was actually approved training, Mm -hmm. but I believe, and I, you know, I I don't have the document where, but Mm -hmm. they, they only say only put it for a very temporary amount of time. And once the the person is restrained, which he was, he was handcuffed Mm -hmm. and his hands on his back, then he's supposed to let go, but he stood there for, you know, you know, nine as we minutes, know, yeah, oh, right under nine minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to ask, um, you know, some people were saying on the radio today that him talking about the we should blame ultimately the police training that he's trying to create an uh, an excuse to basically get out of out of um, being held accountable,
2: right? It's, it's it's that blame shifting kind of thing, and you know, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm a huge, you know, supporter of our law enforcement and, you know, so many people are going to look at, you know, cops, everything and go, Oh, all cops are this. And it's like, actually it is quite a small percentage, you know, not all cops are this bad. And then as things continue to develop and everyone gets, you know, dicey, but you know, nine minutes is an exceptionally long time, you know, if you sit at home and do this you say okay just sit quiet for 60 seconds if you're conscious for the 60 seconds of how long you're waiting that is a long
1: that's a long time and for
2: nine minutes to be like that there's no amount of training that should be actively told to go yeah don't uh don't obstruct airway or, or blood flow you know to the head by kneeling kneeling on someone for nine minutes and go oh i was trained like that that's their fault where's where's that common sense there's there's a degree of no you were negligent
1: yeah there's a there's a point where it's just personal responsibility absolutely forget forget law enforcement forget a badge forget all Mm -hmm. that shit it's just a human on human like that just doesn't seem right you know what i mean yeah and um and we're also talking about a, a, an officer who's had a history of misconduct. We're, we're not talking about a one time issue from a police lo- info- uh, officer. I mean, he has a history. And unfortunately, when you like when you mentioned a few, you know, these are a few bad apples. Let's just say it is right. But it takes. It, it seems like departments are willing to brush over or protect Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these small bad apples, you know, and that's an issue. Um, statistically, I was gonna say, statistically, black people do want law enforcement, they do want um law and order, quote unquote. But I can honestly say it's how the law is being applied and enforced where the major conflict comes. It's like when it comes to one community, it's enforced in a completely different way, in a very aggressive, militaristic way. Mm-hmm. And then, when it's approached to somebody who has, perhaps, I want to just say, a Trump flag, um, all of a sudden there's white gloves and clutch pearls. You know, and mm-hmm. that's where the hypocrisy, the frustration with the hypocrisy of law enforcement. It's like when that's why you see heavier um, conviction rates when it comes to those who were. Caught having crack cocaine versus those who have powder cocaine, and it's really because it's being targeted um, more heavily on yeah, that, a demographic. But yet, it's still cocaine.
2: Mm-hmm. No, one hundred percent. You know, and
1: it's so like, how do yeah. we? So, so we're okay. So we're all right. So we have Derek Chauvin here, right? Um, you had three other officers standing, looking around as if they lost their britches. Right. And didn't see for nine minutes. They were held accountable too. they had like, um, what was it? Second. Well, he was charged with second degree murder, third degree murder, uh, which was a- added last week. Um, and second degree manslaughter. Like if he doesn't go down for something, uh, I'm telling you right now, I feel no pity if that whole city just went down to, you know, burnt down to the ground. I mean, they, I mean, this couldn't be more of a clear cut case, this fool's guilty of something, and he needs to go away. Not aside from his history, he uh, was videotaped for nine minutes while innocent. Well, citizens were like, "Dude, this is not right," and he stayed on his. I'm sorry, were you about to say something?
2: Oh, I was, I, no. I mean, I was just thinking, like at, at the same time, like you have you have these other officers that are sitting around doing nothing that's, that is in self inexcusable. You're guilty by association with that. I mean, you, you have the Absolutely. duty to act. You have the, the moral obligation to, to protect and, you know, coming from in EMS, like we were taught, it doesn't matter what you did, who you are, you know, what your race, creed, gender, whatever you help the injured person. Absolutely. And, and that extends into law enforcement and the fire service and things like that as well. And it's like, one, someone who is trained, you can argue they may have not have been trained well because that is definitely a problem. You know, there should be better training and a more uh, cohesive training regimen, I believe uh, as a as a whole in law enforcement and a lot of other things as well. But I am not a huge fan of this whole here, let me grab my phone and videotape everything that's happening, right? Those people that stood there and watched it happen for nine minutes and did nothing.
1: Well, you're talking about, okay, that's okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's, okay. First of all, we're talking about um, a couple of bystanders that are African-American against this white officer and other officers who weren't, none of them were black, armed, not only with the law, but armed with guns. Mm -hmm. and the right to use them um where it's just not it's not it's it's easy to say from a place i don't want to say privilege but maybe just not understanding i'm not even going to say privilege i'm going to say not from the experience of a black man against law enforcement and that experience does that make sense it's not as no totally it's not Excuse me, it's not that cut dry. Also, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you have you have three other officers with their weapons if they wanted to use it. And it was a oh, I think it was only it was about three, maybe four bystanders. I can't remember, but um, and they were standing around, so they could have easily have dealt with those other three shooting them or whatever, feeling like they're about to be attacked. So I, I, I certainly cannot put any onus on the bystanders. It's not their responsibility.
2: It, well, not not saying that it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's not their responsibility or whatever. It is their responsibility. It's just that here we are. We've bred this culture of let's watch tragedy and film everything and, and do nothing okay right. uh, don't get me wrong but yeah. filming for the sake of uh, a legal standpoint is, is one thing i totally i get that i understand that to try to protect yourself as well you have but, your
1: constant you have a constitutional mm-hmm. right to be able to do that
2: exactly that. um but but when you look at the everything not just this situation it's it's quite um
1: but there are a lot of cases where if it wasn't filmed it, it was absolutely written in a police report completely differently. Oh uh, so, so there's true. plenty of history where you can't quote unquote um promise to get the exact honest truth from law enforcement either. They're human and they're and they're of their 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 ability to be to lie is just as good as a thief. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're all human. Um Regar- okay, so let's just say uh, you can't, you can't, uh, we cannot put the onus and the responsibility on the shoulders of three citizens, unarmed black citizens, versus four trained, paid trained officers to know better. That right? is true. That Again, is very true. You, have, you have the three. You ha- Okay, let's just say Chauvin is just this fucking nutcase, which. He, I think he got a a, a bit of a, a little excitement from having that kind of a power. Right. I mean, he stood there as if he won. He shot the biggest game in town. You know what I mean? With his knee <laughs> on his neck. I mean, the guy I mean, there's something about it. Now, here's the other thing. You had those other three. Their responsibility of being able to push him off or anything. Hey, man, what are you doing? There's three individual minds just as armed as he was, by the way, were and trained. Right. Even though he was the senior officer, he wasn't the presidente. You know what I mean? (laughs) He wasn't he wasn't the uh, sergeant. I'm not sure if he was a sergeant, but he wasn't like a captain. Either way, he could have said they all could have done something and they were trained. Supposedly, you know, cops are trained in conflict resolution. And there was zero resolution or even zero empathy given uh, during those eight minutes and 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, so the onus honestly is in those who are trained to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. When you get the ability to place judgment on someone's freedom as police officers, then you have more of a responsibility. You're held to a higher standard, you know, cause you have the gun. You have the cuff and you have the law to back you up. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you have more of a responsibility to wield that sort of power more carefully. Mm-hmm. Does Absolutely. that make sense? You Absolutely. don't. You, you don't ask a thief, you know, to be uh, law abiding and say, "Hey, man, you know better than that." No, he's a fucking thief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, but a, an officer is like, "No, you really do know better than that. You're you got trained, at mm-hmm. least supposedly, right?" Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? No. So some random passerby with his iPhone. I think iPhones, if anything, have leveled the playing field because there have been countless cases where it has not been recorded and nor has it been believed. Mm-hmm. Um, where in which um, the story just wouldn't be believed. L- l- um Like the story of uh, Emmett Till with this little 12 year old playing in the park and somebody calls up the police saying there's a kid waving a gun around and and within 30 seconds of the police officer arriving the kid's already dead on the floor and he's 12 years old at a playground Mm -hmm. and if that wasn't recorded it could have been easily been misconstrued okay Mm -hmm. um so with all that said i i just i think there is a place for recording and matter of fact i think it just holds everybody accountable because I'm sure there are times where officers are getting screwed over, you know, somebody wants to play the the victim card, etc., mm-hmm. And they were just a fucking no good dirty thief, you know, and it saves a cop. And I think that's cool, too. You know, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. If you get caught, it's because you were doing wrong. Yeah. Does that make absolutely. sense? I no, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. a badge doesn't make you more right. <laughs>
2: does that well, make some sense? P- some people think it does, but it
1: Some people not do. The truth. Yeah. But here's the thing. If if we can get to a point where law uh, law enforcement is truly enforced more equitable across mm-hmm. the line, the racial line or neighborhoods or whatever, then I think the respect of law enforcement would increase nobody wants anarchy let's be honest despite what people think about democrat nobody wants anarchy i don't want to have to poke out my and hear some noise and think someone's trying to break into my house like who wants to live like that nobody does yeah okay but i think just being but people do want ec- not only equality but equity mm-hmm. meaning you know share we want it to be fair so mm-hmm. how, what is your suggestion of like from your perspective, where's the fair come in? Like how how do you apply fair? What do you think? How would police officers like to avo not only he, he how would police officers be able to heal from this tragedy of like without having another George Floyd situation?
2: You know, I I don't think there ever is really going to be a one answer solution. It's going to be the sum of its parts. There's mm-hmm. got to be a lot of different things on multiple different uh, directions. You know, uh, education from, uh, you know, law enforcement, having uh, better tools for conflict resolution and, you know, being finding ways to do that, you know, it's going to be conflict resolution. is going to be different in, in you know every city. You know, the conflict resolution here in, you know, San Francisco is not going to be the same as in Chicago, you know, not to say that one needs to be more militarized or aggressive than the other. But the approach needs to be has to be different. You know, everybody is like a different. tailored
1: approach mm-hmm. um,
2: as well as, you know, us as a society. We also need to be on the same page. It is a two way street, you know, like just because you get pulled over by an officer does not mean you need to be an asshole i mean you can you can argue that you know because you know uh you know me being you know caucasian male you know the few times that i got pulled over you know i was i was honest and respectful to law enforcement and i didn't really get into trouble you know i know i know for a fact that that's not the case with everybody else you know i get that you know there are other people who who they may be just as cooperative as i am and it gets escalated out of hand you know because of a um a race or belief system what have you which is not right in any way shape or form but you know if if you're you know talking shit to an officer purely because they're doing their job you got to expect it to escalate you know like if you're if you're unnecessarily being an asshole, you, you kind of deserve that. Don't be the asshole. Right?
1: Okay, now now um apart okay, so your logic may be um okay, so for I'm gonna honestly say this comes off as like, you know, like people would take that as victim blaming, like blaming the victim for getting their ass beat by a cop. Um, where a lot of, a lot of officers mm-hmm. come in and as like any other human being with their own personal biases, you know, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's police officers do not live among the people, of the community they're patrolling. Mm-hmm. So they come in with their own biases, um, with the hyper militarization of law enforcement, where they show up in fucking battle tanks and shit, mm-hmm. uh, for every issue, means that they're going out to the field as if it's a war zone and um that does not help to build um any sort of communal relationship in a foreign community meaning foreign meaning it's not their own right mm-hmm. yeah uh when you showing shown up looking like it's iraq and or at least oh, having 100%. the mentality and now the other thing is um um let's just say hypothetically if your logic is sound the person gets pulled over and they're acting rude acting rude is not a death sentence acting rude is uh, or cursing a cop or saying you're a pig is not a death sentence no it's in, not in no, some places is. you might get a ticket sure mm-hmm. okay but it, it's not a death sentence and, it, and you being a professionally trained law enforcement officer uh last time i heard uh, What do you call it? De-escalation tactics. You know, you should be able to to talk to people um, in all sorts of situations. Now, I'm not saying you need to be bionic human or bionic man or woman, um, Mm -hmm. but you should be better equipped to deal with all these situations that come up more than me. Right. That is, that is why true. should I know why should I know how to talk to an officer better than an officer know how to talk to me? That no, seems, that's Why is the onus yeah. on me again? You know?
2: No, d- definitely. But then, you know, you, you look at the same thing, you know, they're not robots. They are human. Right. And it, it's the it's the mutual thing. Like there should be no reason to militarize, you know, law enforcement to this extent. And, you know, it, it perpetuates itself. You know, one person being an asshole is gonna rub another person the wrong way. And it, it continues to to spiral and escalate from there. And, and in some aspects, when when people are being mouthy and it, it goes sideways, like it's everybody's fault. Right. You know, I, I look at it that way, like the officer has just as much duty to respond appropriately and de-escalate the situation, and then someone continue to escalate, it's going to it's going to come to a head in some way or another, and I see, I feel rather, and what I've seen is a lot of people have that entitlement of, oh no, I don't have to do this. They think that they are above reproach because they know the law or what have you. You know, you've seen the video all the time. I know my rights, this, and that it's like I'm just asking you a simple question, and they're and the we'll say the person being pulled over uh, is the one being confrontational
1: okay right? let's 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 take that premise right mm-hmm. um first of all um okay so if that person's feeling like yeah they're say first uh, part of that is the fact that americans always feel like they know better okay yeah okay we go to orange mm-hmm. county and they and all of a sudden all of them are you know, doctors and they know better than Fauci, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's an American thing for sure. Now, let, if, the, if that, the one or two times you've seen it or witnessed it, um, there are way, there are probably, I'm going to say two to three more times where white people are just like that and nothing happens to them. I mean, I've seen the video. No, yeah. I, I, I agree uh, with I'm you. Gonna I'm going to say, I'm going to say, honestly, that when it, when it comes to, the engagement and law enforcement look at look what happened to the to the young man that that shot up the uh, black church and then afterwards on the way to to jail they took him to fucking burger king okay so yeah, yeah that's that's they that's took ridiculous. him to burger, they took him that's to a, burger king it's absolutely so, fucking disgusting to be honest absolutely so and yeah. he attended the church this black church accepted him in they celebrate you know they 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 didn't do a nothing to, to uh, they 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 embraced them and then he shot him he shot up the the church people inside of a church and then they had the audacity to, to take this motherfucker to, to burger king and and the kid who who shot up the uh the protest what what that 15 16 year old right he was With, able uh, to get out on um, oh shoot the one that uh that was at the George Floyd protest and he shot up the uh and he shot up the the, the unarmed um protesters and he shot him with a shotgun he was like 16 16 year old uh 16 year old uh oh
2: I, I didn't hear about this one
1: yeah um hold on I'm gonna get it right now here we go uh Kyle Rittenhouse here we go so he didn't even he he lived um he took his gun which mm-hmm. he was he wasn't allowed to have cuz he's fucking 15 he showed up at a protest you know talking about he's a part of a militia and he ended up shooting he ended up shooting a couple of protesters dead right mm-hmm. and um by the way he was able to get out on bail after murdering two people, like shooting two people dead. I mean, the privilege that uh, the uh, the um, the past that is given out to one community versus another is, is dramatically different. And as well as the assumption of guilt or uh, or deemed as a threat when um, unfortunately, when you pull over an African-American because it's happened to me and I'm about as nerdy as it gets, um, you know. The gun is already on the hand is already on the hip mm-hmm. by the gun. And um like when that young man, I forgot the young man's name, black people are gonna kill me for this one, but he was he got pulled over for a tail light. Okay, just a tail light. Mm-hmm. He had his he had his daughter in the back seat right behind him, and he mm-hmm. had his wife next to him, and and he was in a state he was able to open carry, right? Mm-hmm. Was I think yeah. I remember this one. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. Had pa- he had his he had his paperwork.
2: And then they, and they just he destroyed him,
1: him. Yeah, he told him, Hey, I have a gun. Yes, I do. I have mm-hmm. all the paperwork. It's right here. Mm-hmm. And then when they told him to reach for it, he did. And then they shot him. Yeah, and no, I, they I shot him this. multiple yes. times with his daughter in the backseat. So it's like, even when you do right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, that's what I mean. It's like what you're saying would be like, honestly, like, OK, maybe you're right if these sort of things didn't go on on a regular basis, you know. But unfortunately, um, again, this officer has the training. They should know how to deal. You should know as a police officer, you're not going to deal with the most calm church going folks. I mean, that's why you're an officer. You, you mm-hmm. do that. I, that's why I'm not. Right. And I, and trust me, I'm not saying death to police at all. I'm just saying there needs to be some, uh, um, it's, it's the way policing is being pol- done. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, and
2: you can see as a, as a slow progression, you know, like I see. it's, it's become what it has for many, many different reasons. There's no one, one pinpoint problem, you know, uh,
1: well, and, I think, uh-huh.
2: Yeah, just just watching it devolve, you know, and I think it, we just need to, as a society, come together as, as a whole, everybody. Well, Everyone needs to come together. Everybody and, is
1: hoping for that. And trust mm-hmm. me, everybody everybody's much rather have that. You know, it's good, for, it's good for business. It's good for just your mental state. You know, it's just good mm-hmm. that we all get together. But if you still have the Kyle Rittenhouses getting away with, shooting and he shot white people by the way okay he shot um um he gets away with the crazy shit he did he's 15 he's not even allowed to carry a gun you know this isn't like he's 20 and he's in an open carry state like no he shouldn't even had it let alone whether he was right to shoot somebody or not you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's just legal off top and if you do something and if you commit a murder in a felony, that's an enhancement last time I checked and he shouldn't have been carrying daddy's weapon. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so with that said, it's like, but for him to get a slap and then you see these instances where, um, law is not equally applied mm-hmm. as harshly it is to others. It's, it's kind of common sense for people to say, Hey, this shit is just not right. And after years of it, motherfuckers get fed up you no, know I, 100% like
2: there, there's I, I have no, no problem what do you with, think like, police are,
1: what do you think you know uh, law enforcement can do better what, what do you think because okay so even if you take away everybody's phones you can't tape them this that and a third those few bad apples are still there and unfortunately mm-hmm. they carry they carry a gun and cuffs and they have the law to back them up Right. So, what do you? Because that has the rubber. Ha- how can I can say um, that ha- everyone has to give, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And what yeah. I mean by that is, like, I'm not saying uh, people of color need to give up and not fight for justice. No, absolutely not. But so. we have to also realize there is a place in our society for law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? That's what I mean. Okay. Um, I think it starts with we can't destroy police. I, I don't believe in destroying police altogether because last time I checked, my neighbor is not gonna come, you know, come and protect my property. Mm-hmm. Uh no, or or go find out who stole my car or whatever the case may be. No, that's why I dial nine one one. you know. Um I get it. There is a reason why we have police. Yeah. And 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 um um what can I say? Um, and most black people want. Police, they just want better police. Sick,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, what do you what do you think? You have any? If you had a magic wand, what would it be doing?
2: If I had a magic wand, what would it be doing? Um, winning the lotto? No. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, no. It, it, honestly, like I, I, I truly believe a lot of it stems from education, and it, at least starting, starting there, better education, and you know, understanding the community in which you serve, and how best to 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 work with that you know do you like the
1: fact that what do you think about the fact that it's hard to fire some of these bad apples i think that's absolute shit
2: you, know, you know you you know we're we're an at will state right I, I could be fired tomorrow because
1: except you know, if you're part of a union though well, yeah I sure Yes. Fi- yes. It's hard to fire bad teachers. It's hard to... Well, see, the to- thing is, like, I,
2: I feel like if you have an appropriate track record, the union and uh, tenure shouldn't matter. If you're shit at your job, you're shit at your job. Just because you've done it for 10 years doesn't mean you're any better. And if you start to, to suck at what you're doing, then you either need to improve and show that you're improving or get out. You know? Like... There, in my opinion, there's really no excuse to hang on to bad apples. Oh, because he's part of the union; they're gonna fight for the. No, well, no, you're you're a piece of shit. You well, why do piss. you
1: think it's so hard for police officers to hold other police officers accountable? Um,
2: for fear of being victimized themselves. You know, uh, you know, if they're if. If you're afraid to stand up for what's right because you're afraid for your job, because at the end of the day, it's a job. it's don't what you puts think, food but,
1: but don't on you your think table. there's like a community, like a um, like a, not a community. Um, don't you think there's like something bigger th- that kind of says institutionally within law enforcement that, you know, it's blue lives versus everyone else's lives and like this kind of like secret society brotherhood where in which you do not betray your fellow blue brother. And no matter how fucking racist or fucking outrageous he is, you just zip your lip. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's got to be mm. some way to break that blue wall where it's like, if wrong is wrong, you report it. Uh, um, And hopefully they get rewarded for reporting bad conduct because it makes us all look bad because bad one bad apple yeah. does really make it so harder gosh for the mm-hmm. rest of them does it not
2: no absolutely but i mean if you're if you're in fear for retaliation then you know why would you say something you know to be to be completely fair i mean you I, said I what have if you're afraid
1: city. of it if you're afraid of if it? you're afraid of retaliation then that's exactly why
2: would you why would you say something
1: exactly you know, I, exactly i quite
2: literally dealt with that situation where i was in a position where you know this issue had been brought up and All I wanted was for it to stop Mm. right? I'm not looking to fire nobody. I'm not looking to to railroad someone else's career. But this behavior needed to end. And I was conflicted about bringing it up because I don't want to rock the boat, right? If if I'm the one who rocks the boat, everybody's now staring at me. And anything that I do can now be brought against me because I have brought, you know, things to light, you know, it's the, it's the, the same thing with the whole, the whole whistleblower element, right? I, I value my income sometimes a little bit more than what's right, right? I, I feel like that's part of the, the problem. If I'm going to be penalized for trying to do the right thing, why would I want to do that right thing? Because I'm out in jeopardy,
0: which I is not a good thing.
1: Yeah. It was just not a good thing. And I think unfortunately in this case, it usually means life or death for some people, Mm -hmm. whether we keep this bad apple on board Mm -hmm. and uh, just for the sake of you know going along to get along. And I think that's part of the problem. Again, Mm -hmm. if we want to from from my perspective, if I was law enforcement, if I want to build a stronger trust and a bond with a community that I'm trying to serve that does exactly the opposite, right? It mm-hmm. builds distrust and it Absolutely. makes you almost the enemy of, you know, it looks like a, a patrolling enemy force, if you will, mm-hmm. a foreign force in my community versus one that is a integral part of my community, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it just seems like, you know, I know it seems logical, it makes sense, but doing that, and protecting those few bad apples makes the rest of them guilty by association. Absolutely. Which is still neither, which
2: is no more
1: right or wrong than, than in itself. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm sure there's, you know, way more good police officers trying to do their damnedest and they deal with shit. I don't want to ever deal with quite honestly, I'll I'll give them that. I don't want to deal with it. And, um, But the protecting of those few, I think, is what stings even deeper. Right. It's not all It's not that they just have a bad officer, but not they protect. Sometimes I'm not saying every single one (laughs) protect them. And if not, they just transfer them to another department. They're able to transfer to another uh, um, police officer um, city or whatever. And that baggage that they left doesn't even follow them, and I think that's super suspect, you know. Mm-hmm. It's and and Chauvin had a couple of bad things going on where if you put two and two together, he had um, issues of over what do you call it over law enforcement um, excessive use of excessive, excessive force. Yes, excessive force, force. Excuse me. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, there was breadcrumbs, but he, he they never allowed that to be followed with him, wherever he went. Mm-hmm. And, um, for those good officers calling out the bad ones would actually create an environment where you're like, this man is, or woman has integrity. I can trust this person. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately just be silence is not a good option. It's not a good issue. I, it just seems common sense to me. Yeah. But, but then at the same time, you make a good point
2: about how, you know, um, you know, trusting someone, you know, if, if you're labeled as a snitch or a whistleblower yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in high stress situations where it's required to have to use that type of force, you know, let's look at uh, an armed robbery of a bank, right? We'll take a look at an extreme, like, uh, you know, automatic weapons, a whole nine, right? You know, if I can't trust the guy next to me, no, that's my I, life. And that's other lives as well. And I think that in, in that bit of what you're saying earlier, you know, like it's us versus them, you know, it could be some of that mentality of like, I need to trust who I'm with. I need to trust my partners and my team when it comes to dealing with these high level threats.
1: And unfortunately, I, it, no, you're right about that. And I obviously, I, I, I understand yeah. you want to be able to trust the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, At we're least not, in the context of 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 saying something, right? No, not no, no, no. I get maybe. it, I get it. But unfortunately, <laughs> um, they're not in a war situation. Yeah, and, and secondly, they they it should stop applying soon as there's a breaking of the law. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? But it doesn't. You, that logic makes sense if we're both sitting in a in a, in a foxhole, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I got to be able to trust you, brother. You're going to pull that trigger to save both our lives here. And and a lot of them do come straight from military background. Okay, cool. But you're in a civilian situation. um, And again, you know, when it comes to breaking the law, whether you're in the military or not, you'd be held accountable. And there's Absolutely. a lot of things that are done where if it was in a civilian context, you would be arrested or mm-hmm. even in the military, you'd be what do they call court martialed uh, Yeah,
2: court martialed you know, and
1: and, uh, and held yeah. accountable. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's there's something going on, and someone's benefiting from it. So you, there's nothing that goes on where in which someone's not benefiting. That like when we talked about Robinhood and and Reddit, you know, those hedge funds benefited from the policies that regular people benefited from until mm-hmm. they didn't, and of yeah. course they were upset. So in this case too. For some reason, I guess they, well, they do benefit. That's why folks are silent. No one rats on each other. But I just don't see logically from being a civilian how that makes sense and how that creates a stronger bond between the two communities. I I don't don't think it does. uh, um, Oakland got a new chief Mm -hmm. and um, he seems to be hitting the ground running as far as I could tell. I got to do some research on him. And, um, he is from West Oakland. Okay. He went to my and like, he's from West Oakland. He's a brother, you know, and he's hitting the ground running. And I'm actually like, I thought that was like actually a a good way to do it. Like this is a predominantly black and Latino city. Mm -hmm, You got, mm -hmm. you got somebody who grew up right in West Oakland, not the easiest Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And he earned his way up to be achieved. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, give Definitely. credit where credit's due. I thought that was yeah. great. And he heard about the rise in crime uh, assaults on Asian seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he acted immediately and trying to come up with programs, initiatives to battle this situation. And um, I think that, I know this may get some people pissed off because some people are just totally, totally, totally Mm -hmm. anti-police. I'm anti wrong policing. (laughs) Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and I'm going to hold people, and I'm going to hold them and whoever it is accountable, black or white police officers. Uh, Hold all of them accountable unapologetically. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, But I think What this new chief is showing is a fresh and approach to policing a neighborhood in a community he is accustomed to. He knows this community. And I think he's able to react that much faster and hopefully that much more smarter more intelligently because Mm -hmm. he talks the language. He, he gets it. He is of, from this neighborhood. Does that make sense? No, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful to hopefully see where he, um,
0: where he goes, what happens
1: with it. Yeah, I do. Because hopefully that starts a trend where people start choosing leaders that are of the community that they are, um, trying to change and trying to, that's right.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's
1: that's what happening in, um, flint michigan Mm -hmm. you have a predominantly white uh uh police officers and white uh, chief and everything patrolling and enforcing a predominantly black neighborhood and there's obviously going to be a communication um gap Uh, right yeah definitely, definitely and 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 that and honestly that's only going to be natural because it's a black community and you come from a white community. I mean, there's going to be a gap, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's strange, you know, kind of now pulling into that idea of of white privilege and what we were talking about the other day, you know, like, uh, you know the the classic cliche. Oh, I don't see race, right? I I try to adhere by that truly. Like I I don't care what you look like. You know whether you're black, you're white, you're 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 purple, you're green. It does not matter really. You know I try to judge people on their character, right? Whether okay. whatever they did in their past is their past, unless that past is currently affecting me in the in the present and way, or in the future. Until then, that's that's its own thing, but you know, though I acknowledge that I've had, you know, quite possibly a lot of opportunities afforded to me because of my skin tone, I've had to fight and claw for so much, right? I understand the struggle, right? Well, I mean, I understand understand yeah. the same context, but I understand the struggle.
1: Now, um, a lot of people will... Well, especially nowadays, climate—they're not going to boohoo about your struggle, you know. Of course not. Not, not, not. not me. I'm not saying me personally, brother. I'm not. No, I you know. I get you. Me. I get you. You know, but that th- I, I could honestly, um, um, and we all have our own struggles. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say everybody's life is easy, you know. I don't give a fuck, you know. Even rich people cry, you know. Um. They just cry dollar bills, y'all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to cry like a rich man, okay? Just one day, anyway. So, this my tears to the hundred. You be like, okay, you know, just grab, you know, just grab a hundred dollar, wipe that that uh, my lower that eyelid. Crocodile tears, Exactly. Um, but I think Cornel West uh, talked about, you know, the age of color blindness, and I think mm-hmm. we should be the exact opposite. And I'll tell you why. Um, like when we started uh, getting to know each other, you know, you shared with me your, 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 um, you know, your, your ancestral backgrounds. Right. And you you showed me some of the Viking stuff and all this other stuff there's Nordic stuff. Right.
2: And I, 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 I t- for, for the record, I don't claim to be Nordic.
1: Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't
2: know my dad's ancestral history because he was adopted. Um, oh, But he's, he's a pasty white boy. So God. I imagine he's, he's, okay, for well, he's sure somewhere from, up there. From, from up in that little corner. Uh, but it's actually more so the. Um, the belief structure and the way of life that i adhere to more okay and appreciate it rather than truly understanding it as my personal heritage copy that okay all so right to, so, to, so to, to to level that
1: that's not uh, a- no i appreciate you being honest because you know you never know someone's call, call call you call you out on my show or something i don't know but um yeah. okay so let, but you were showing me this um interest you had and what mm-hmm. speaks to you as a as an individual being that that is not part of my background, it, it intrigued me because it's different for me, and I liked it because it's something different. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And there's certain values. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's very dope, and I liked it. And um, now recognizing each other's differences, we get to and acknowledging each other's obvious differences, mm-hmm. right? You're not an African American, right? Mm-hmm. And I am a mixed African American, right? So we come with our own experiences, our own cultures, our own everything, and Mm -hmm. acknowledging and accepting that makes it much more of of an awesome delicacy to eat at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think colorblindness helps us to devoid the uh, consciousness of that person being different than I am. And we are, we have different cultural backgrounds. We have different, like you said, I have a struggle. It may not be like a black struggle for sure. It's a different struggle, but I've had my shit. I didn't have my dad around. I didn't have you know. We all have yeah. our own story. But mm-hmm. my thing is, I rather I want to hear your new unique story because through our obvious differences, there are we find common ground. Is what I feel mm-hmm. like. I'll have more. I feel like I could have more um, in line with somebody who's Irish who says, who they're from Ireland, they got a whole mm-hmm. culture, whatever the fuck is it is to be Irish, right? And I'll have more to learn from that Irishman than someone who's just like, hey, let's just be colorblind and all this other stuff. I was like, what the hell? No, we're not colorblind. You're fucking Irish, bro. Let's hear about it. I'm going to tell you I'm a black Jewish kid who grew up in Long Island. Let me tell you about it. And then we can <laughs> learn something, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I think to me, It's just the fact that I think colorblindness was created in a way in which to hide the inequities that exist in our society, like almost brush it aside. And also what it does is it helps. um, I know this is going to get people upset. It helps. uh, White people to not have to learn about black people or people of color because we're all colorblind. So what no, if I, I, I have to learn? Anything? No, yeah, I mean, I,
2: I, I definitely agree with that. You know, you definitely look at it on a on a on a wide scale. You know, yeah, it's it's. But it I want to learn. Pop
1: out, I want to learn different. That's what makes it awesome. That's why we travel. We want to see mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go to Italian uh, Italy and listen to Italian speak Italian. I want to mm-hmm. go to Mexico and listen to Mexicans speak Spanish. Like, mm-hmm. like that is what makes this. Global economy and global population—such a beautiful thing to me. And you ever noticed, like for the most part, most well-traveled people or people who at least go outside their immediate boundaries are mm-hmm. a lot less racist. <laughs>
2: you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and it's, it's if we stay in our pockets. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you know, you said it. You said it well the other day. Like, why is it that when other people come to our country, they're immediately labeled by? a thing whether yes. you're black whether you're white but when we're cl- over mm-hmm. in you know over overseas it's you're italian you're german you're french
1: you have a country you have, you have this. a
2: country yeah whereas we look at like just the the color basic fundamental of a difference their appearance black to- white color yeah you know totally. it, i never you know that was that was kind of eye-opening to me you know to to hear that you know, and that's um, that's quite uh, quite disheartening in a way.
1: It it is, you it know? is, because um, America. I mean, I do love this country. This is, the, as as James Baldwin says, this is the country I know. This is where I grew up, mm-hmm. and um, this is my land as much as it is your land. And you know, we've all sweat. We've all cried. We've all bled some sort of way for this country to be as fucked up as it is today, you know, and Mm -hmm. and for that, we have the right to wave our fist when we're upset with a policy. That is what makes us makes us great. Okay. Um, I think I think that's what makes my argument of being even more embracing of our differences versus Mm -hmm. ignoring our differences does that make sense? If no, we definitely. embrace, if 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 imagine if Democrats and Republicans embraced what makes each other fundamentally different, they might actually get some shit done.
2: <laughs> that, that is true. That is true.
1: Um, but uh,
2: it's does that make sense?
1: What I'm saying? No,
2: so yeah, like, it's 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 brutal because it's like you know we'll we'll take you know something as simple as like a um, you know the election. You know, so many people were against Trump and so many people were against Hillary. And your bias will people would refuse to hear what the other had to say.
1: Right. I think for, for better yeah, or yeah, worse
2: yeah. it's the, the lack of um you know being able to sit down tolerance, and have this conversation.
1: Lack of tolerance.
2: Yeah. Like you have to be able to listen to the other side. Agree or disagree is is irrelevant, but you need to be able to have the ability to sit down Communicate. And I think and um,
1: learn. you got a new topic for a future show. Yeah, we, we've lost the art of, well, just talking. You know, we don't debate. Well, we don't, I don't think we've we we lost the we art of even, talking. We don't debate. There is no talking. We, um, we don't listen. We don't listen. Everybody wants to talk. Everyone uh, wants to talk. No
2: one wants to listen.
1: I'm going to add a cherry on that. People like to argue and yell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking. Right. I don't I don't agree with everything you said about law enforcement, but I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. hearing you. And I'm for sure. I'm not judging you. You're going to have your opinion. And when you get off this mic, you're going to still have your opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, That's not the point of my show is to you know what I mean? Make Mm -hmm. you into me. OK. And I think when people start out with conversations, they should know that that Mm -hmm. you're speaking to another individual. And there's less of that going on, you know, definitely, Um, definitely. I think that was one of the inspirations me helped me, uh, forced me to finally start doing this show is because I was tired of people not having conversations. So I was like, let's just have a conversation here. I think
2: that if, if anybody, if anyone else that is still listening to the very end of this, you know, if you take anything <laughs> away, this, I think what we're doing here is having the conversation. is exactly. Is really what should be, what helps move us forward. We need to understand everybody. And the only way we can do that is to sit down and have a conversation, not an argument, not a debate, but we conversate and in a civil manner. And if anything, you know, learn Hopefully something about comes somebody else. It? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that's what it is. Let's bring the conversation back each episode at a time. That's part of my goal here at Am I Crazy? And if you did make it this far, kudos to you. Um, (laughs) But I will. My goal is with each episode, I'm going to keep continuing to uh, um, have a friend as a guest, another blue, blue collar, maybe white collar, stiff, uh, struggling in this crazy world that we live in together and um, just talking about issues that come up. And I really appreciate everyone for listening. And of course Walter, thank you very much dude. I think I'll bring you back on for a future episode if you're sure. down. I'm always always down. All right, so yeah. if you if anything in your life has you thinking am I crazy, then please head on over to patreon.com to help support this podcast. Your monthly support allows me to continue to provide crazy content and to improve the quality of your experience. Anything you can do is greatly greatly appreciated. I'm your host Robert Silver. If you have a time topic comment or opinion you think is worth discussing please send me a message at crazy 247 at gmail.com that's crazy with a k thank you for listening